Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Isn't that just the best? <laughs> it still makes me laugh. That, that last, right you are, still makes me laugh. I don't know who it is, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> and uh, we, we've got lots of feedback talking about right you are, haven't we, this week, about Mike Hatton's wonderful yes. uh, barnstorming quiz. But anyway, yes. folks, this is Dumbly Dum, the show about the reality dark drama <laughs> that centred an Ambridge in the heart of the Middle East. I'm the karate kid, that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the mighty allergic peanut butter cookie that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Henry's birthday, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dumpty is from Matthew Stone and his sacks now are loose. Any one of our caller inners uh, would like to send us in a Dumpty Dum, just how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or be so gullible that you honestly believe that two 16 year old boys are going to a mate's house on New Year's Eve for pizza and games rather than hoovering <laughs> up lager like a Bavarian on a stag do, then call us on 0203. 0203- 0313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups. And for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the back bedroom. We actually have a call from Derek this week. It's very exciting. Um, Derek has started the year off right by downloading uh, how, the couch. How, wait a minute. How can we have a call from a silent? I think it's somebody pretending to be Derek, maybe. All right. Smashing. Okay. <laughs> as you were, Freeman. <laughs> Derek has started the year off right by downloading the Couch to 5K app. Uh, unfortunately, he's put it on shef- shuffle by mistake. So all it's to- taught him so far is how to sprint back to the sofa. Yay. Well done, you. <laughs> now, on um, this week's I, Hang episode... on, can I just apologise in advance to, to our dear listener? Um, mm. Because I 
am in what, the middle of moving house. One? Yes, exactly. I am in the middle of moving house, literally in the middle of it. And I'm surrounded by boxes. I just asked them to leave my mic and the laptop out. And um, mm-hmm. uh, um, yes, so everything is a bit chaotic. And I had to write the monologue in a, in a Belgian cafe in Chingford. <laughs> today so <laughs> it's uh yes forgive me in advance if i'm not quite with it but uh yes everything is it, we had these packers in and they're remarkably efficient so efficient they've packed everything which wasn't exactly what i was expecting but there we are it's fine but cut awesome. me a bit of slack <laughs> uh well listen your best is always much better than my worst or your worst is much better than my best sorry got it the right way around <laughs> Ah. On this week's episode, we hear views from Martin, Philippa, Paul, Claire, Laurie, Mia and our Rachel. But first, before all that good stuff, settle down, folks. Brace yourself. It's our Lucy V. Freeman and our week in Ambridge. There you go. We began the week with the nauseating news that Tom and There's Lovely have had matching tattoos. Most women that go out with Tom Mm. end up wanting to stick needles in themselves, or ideally him. (laughs) But it's not so surprising as the fact that that tattooists were open over the Christmas period in Capel Kerrig, which I know well, and has one pub and a post box. But anyway, the tattoos say Hileith, which is a Welsh word which means, as Sausage Boy explained, a longing for home. It means far more than that. It can also mean a nostalgic longing for a place or thing that never actually existed, which is basically all of Bridge Farm's rose-tinted let's all get back to the land philosophy business plans rolled into one. We were then treated via Hannah to Tom moisturising his own back. Hannah was appalled, but it could have been worse. There's lovely could have bought him a Prince Albert. Anyway, the physical contortions required to do his own back are hideous in themselves, and I was already feeling queasy after finishing up the last of the turkey. However, I am glad to see that Tom has learned from previous mistakes and not rushed into a relationship without thinking or done anything stupid, like become immediately embedded with her family or got an indelible reminder of, oh, they haven't even been on a proper bloody date yet. She's looked at his business pal and he dug a hole. They're still at the stage where she's pretending she doesn't poo and he's still going outside to fart. It's insane. <laughs> Peggy has finally stopped trying to convince Auntie Cardboard to move in with her, but only after Auntie Cardboard got a court order to say that Piggy and Hilda Ogden aren't allowed to come within 200 metres of her. After Piggy started shouting, come home, I don't know how to work the microwave, through the letterbox at the laurels, as the final deterrent, Auntie Cardboard suggested that Piggy should move in there herself, which finally put the wind up her and she hurried back home, crossing herself. Mm. We had such a sad little tour of home farm with Jenny, darling and Piggy. Oh, I'll miss this place so much, Mum. This is where Brian confessed he'd impregnated Siobhan. This is where he... This is where he told me about banging Mandy Beesborough. This is where I caught him bending Betty Tucker over the ironing board. So many happy memories, Mum. Anyway, the gills arrived and had a massive party. And we can tell they're not going to fit into Ambridge as it was a proper party where people got pissed, played loud music, left things in a right state and cleared off. This is disgraceful, throbbed Adam. 
Everyone knows that when you have a party, you just have 12 very tense people around. You eat venison and you have a massive row. You don't enjoy yourself. (laughs) Helen popped into the shop to buy American tan 30 denier tights as she was planning on a big one. Sadly, Lee and his big one didn't turn up and she was left with a hiccuping and bitter Roy instead. Love, I'll tell you about love. You think everything's peachy and then poof. I know, said Helen. One minute I was snogging Rob in the mega dairy and the next I was covered in custard and having a lesbian affair with a cockney in a woman's prison. So it wasn't all bad. Rory has decided that he doesn't want to join a magic circle firm. I think Darren Brown's probably got that market corner, to be honest. But you know, he is Brian's son. So he's probably inherited his knack for pulling things out of his trousers at unexpected moments. We got to know Tim Oti. Tim Oti is a friend of Ed and Shoulders. Tim seems quite nice, but if he's going to be a feature, he does need to decide where he's from and stay there. At the moment, sometimes he's Australian, sometimes from New Zealand, and sometimes the Cotswolds. Good eye, mate, me old pal, me old beauty. Anyway, along with being an all round handyman, his job is to provide backstory for Ed Grundy in case anyone has made a New Year's Day resolution to listen to the Archers. And we were curious to find out who this morose young man was with a deposit he can't handle and a wife who pole dances in a chicken factory. And finally, the carefully designed heartwarming moment, engineered to warm all our cockles and usher us cosily into the new year. It's been building up for ages. We all knew it was coming. The moment when an old man sobbed heartily as his overflowing portaloo was driven off on the back of a flatbed truck. <laughs> and if that isn't a good metaphor for the year we're heading into, I don't know what is. The end. Well done, Freeman. You know what? That was better than last week, that was. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Bravo. Well done, Mrs. Oh. Uh, right. Now, um, you know what, though? You managed to go through all the shagging and skullduggery, apart from one notable affair, down at Home Farm. Jennifer and Roger, why didn't you mention that? It's not all been Brian swinging Because I'd completely his... forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it, what, to be honest, all right then, it was, it's, it's like 6-1 to Brian, isn't it, really? <laughs> when no, you look at it. Um, mm. And did that happen at Home Farm? I thought it happened... Was he coming to oh. home farm to work or was she get the were they meeting somewhere and but to doing be this fair book to thing? Brian <laughs> I don't think he ever shagged Siobhan at home farm or Mandy Beesborough. No. I always imagine Mandy Beesborough was in the back of a loose box. <laughs> well, I always imagine her across oh, you know, spread eagle across the BL board table or something <laughs> or another. She's nothing to do with the BL board. Wasn't she? No. Was Mandy Beesborough again. Mandy Beesborough was, she's one of the the hunting lot, one of the horsey lot. Ah, a horsey be great. You're right. thinking of the solicitor who he tried to. Yes, uh, I am. Yeah, mm. he never got very far with, did he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was the last time he Annabelle tried to... Shrivener. There you go. Well, look at you. I'm turning into Cosmo. You this oh kind of, well... Listen, there's many, many worse things you could be than a Cosmo. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on your book. Pardon? You've got a book out, haven't you? No. Well, what was this picture I saw on the sofa? Oh, no, 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 no. That's the... <laughs> uh, for anyone that bought or had bought for mm. them, more like, 
the um, Archers, BBC The Archers calendar this year, mm. I wrote it. So the things oh. in it mm. was me. So I had to pretend to be Jazza writing about pigs, Bert Fry mm-hmm. giving his gardening tips and various things like that. And um, oh. uh, so Robert got a picture of it and sent me a picture of him saying, look at me, look at me with my new calendar. Look what I got because he'd, he'd house sat for somebody or cat sat or something like that. And they gave him that as a present. And I said, look on the back. And he read on the back that it said, with thanks to blah, 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 and Lucy Freeman. You know what? I need to go back to the opticians, back to Specsavers to get a pair of glasses because I thought it was a book he was holding. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations. Well done, you. Thank you very much. Uh, right. Last week in Ambridge. My favourite bit. Mm. It's already won 2019 for me, to be honest. And it was January the 7th it happened. No, six or something. Um, <laughs> was Tracy, Tracy and Jimus. I loved that. I... Tracy in the thing, ordering our fags. And they said, have you got any spinach? And Susan went, spinach? And he went, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved, she's my spirit animal. If I didn't have cigarettes, I'd kill them both. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kerry did say on, on the Twitters, didn't he, that he just adores writing her. And yeah. It, yeah. She, it's what we say about so many characters on on the archers that she's kind of criminally underserved and and, yeah. and my if i if i take one thing away from last week was there were lots of in effect kind of odds and sods characters who just seemed to have like one little line and then and that was it because yeah. when was the last yeah. time we heard from her when oh you know, yonks she's... ago absolutely yeah. yonks it was that roy storyline wasn't it when she was going after roy and he had, to exactly. pretend, he had to pretend to be boring. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough gig. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, we had Auntie Chris. We had, you know, uh, also, 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 also. I'm just jump, jump, jumping around here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Molly Button. Yeah. Thinking about it, right, you've got Ben and Rory. They really would be knocking about with our Molly, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like Molly Button, even the silence had kind of been forgotten, but even she got dredged up again this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a case of, um, there's a whole load of, I don't know whether it's a case of, I think the BBC kind of accounting year for being able to bring on the silence <laughs> and bit part characters obviously starts on January the 1st and it's like, oh, let's throw them but all in. But that's what Christmas is, isn't it? It's like when you get a Christmas card and you think, who the hell are Sarah and Dave? Oh, Sarah and Dave! You know? <laughs> so the archers was like, that. have just lots of people. Because when they said, party at Molly's, I was thinking, hooray, who? Who's Molly? Oh, Molly Button! Because I'm just, in my head, she's still, you know, eight. And, and now I've remember, mm. realised now that she's, she's there because of the contemporaries but um, yeah it was just, it was it is the season of, of of unexpected people popping up and that's what happened on the arches too um by the way you've just reminded me i got guess how many christmas cards i got this year and this is not to feel mm. sorry for me but guess how many i got 14 one right i got one <laughs> this year and how it's many fine. did you send there you go right and also i'm an international None? hobo no i didn't send any so yeah. i'm an international hobo exactly yeah. And, you know, it was from Peter, uh, a dum dum listener, 
And he just said, thank you for all the, uh, you know, thank you for the last, you know, on Dum Dum. I was like, how the hell have you got my address? And I realized... Even your parents don't know your address. <laughs> well, there you go. So it came to my mum and dad's house and it took me all of five minutes to realise. I was like, this is kind of spooky, Peter. Right. But no, it's on the newsletters that we send out because of GDPR, you have to have a physical address. Oh, yeah. So thank you for my one Christmas card. It went up with my mum and dad's like 58,000. Uh, but I had one. So thank you, Peter, for sending me that Christmas card. So I'm, I'm not so spooked now, but it's very sweet of you, sir. Oh. Right now. Um, so you've dealt with kind of Peggy and, and Auntie Chris, haven't you? We dealt with that. Yes. I did. I didn't mm. think it was funny though the way Peggy reared back in alarm when Auntie Chris said, "Why don't you live with me here?" And she <laughs> went here as if you know, as if she'd said, "Why don't you live under yeah. that pile of dog poo?" You know, <laughs> you just measure you just measuring yourself up for a coffin if you move into the laurels, aren't you? And that that's yeah, Peggy's uh, pretty vibe. Much. She's like, yep. uh, 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 yeah. not doing that. And um, I did think it was nice to have a quick recap of Jenny and Brian's marriage. You know, the whole mm. reminiscence about... The whole shit show. Moving up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it hasn't all been, but yeah, she went through all the dark bits, didn't she? She um, did, really, yes. <laughs> and it was nice for her, actually, to talk about Rory, because she does kind of in passing, but to acknowledge uh, that, you know, she wouldn't have had it any other way, kind of, yeah. in the end, and that, you know, yeah. and she does have, you know, uh, great affection for him. Um, I thought that was, was somewhat touching. Now, yeah. do you believe this bollocks? Uh, you can see where I stand on this about this bracelet. You know, would Pat no. have exactly? No. Mm. And mm. I don't believe that Tom would have recognised it either. He's too full of himself. How that? Why would he even remember? Yeah. No. No. Mm. Yep. Um, no, that's that's a load of pants. And the matching mm. tattoo thing is just fucking nauseating. Quite honestly. Like giggling. Oh, God, the giggling. They're 37. Oh, but come on, Luz, have you never been in love? Yes, I have, but I haven't been a complete arse about it. Oh, come on now. In hindsight, if you're not going to look back and go, oh, God. I am not a giggler. I cannot do that giggling thing. I just can't. And and the, oh, God, no. Mm. Better watch your back till the. <laughs> Make me go all itchy. <laughs> mm. um, she's got this really weird. Uh, I like her, but she's got this really weird arch way of speaking. She tries to make everything. She makes everything sound as if it's extremely significant when it isn't. It's a bit like Adam. I haven't got time, you know. So she oh, says, no, "She's not um, as bad as that." Loose. No, she's not as bad as that. But when uh, when he said something like, "Oh, I shall miss you," and she said. And I will miss you. <laughs> something like, yeah, it's just really weird the way she. It's like she's she's practicing. She's she's. Uh, oh, it's like she's rehearsing for for talking to so. Like she's tried she's tried every answer out three ways before she decided which way she was going to say it. I don't know. I don't mean she's a bad actress. It's, it's the character. It's not. It's not the acting. But um, mm. yeah, maybe she's, she, maybe she's trying out for next year's panto. In Ambridge, <laughs> you know, she's trying to over-enunciate and whatever. Um, yeah. I tell you what, I am loving though. 
I actually really love Ben and Rory. And Ben I, is I just, funny. He's I, funny. But with considering No archers if, are funny. None of them. Are they? None of the brookie lot, you mean? No. Kenton mm. occasionally gets somewhere near it. The rest of them, hopeless. <laughs> Not a shred of comic timing between them. And when he said it's um, an establishment that caters for the keen underage drinker, I actually laughed and I thought, <laughs> that is the first time a member of the actual Archer family has made me laugh out loud. No, it, considering, in effect, their new characters, yes, we know that they've been on it in air quotes for 16 years, but yeah. they've been silence. Yeah. We've got so much from them so fast, haven't we? Yeah. You know, that yeah. Normally what you get is um, a new character wanders on and it takes you some time to work out, am I supposed to like them? Am I not? Yeah. Are they funny? Are they this? What's yeah. their motivation? Da, da, da. These pair, right, I actually believe they're mates. Um Rory is written, you know, he's got this kind of 3D background, is a bit of a scamp, is a bit of a bullshitter, is a bit of a charmer, is a bit of a kind of everything. Ben, you know, is actually, uh, you know, the good the, the good one out of the pair and yeah. stuff. And, you know, yeah. his whole thing with Bess, you know, his relationship with David and with his other, other sibling, specifically Josh. And we've just got that all in what? Three weeks, four weeks yeah. since we actually yeah. heard them for the first time. Yeah. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And love the fact that um, it's kind of reminding me back to the 80s when, no, not the 80s. It would have been like the, the mid-90s when uh, it was Roy and Will, etc. were friends. And it was, you know, yeah. getting up to teenage stuff, you know. Yeah wanting to drink and whatever and yeah you know, you know sliding around and stuff so i love all of that loved yeah. all of that right now i've got some other notes here loose okay but they're gonna go on forever and we've got a, a ton load of calls so why don't we yes. uh, listen to some caller in us okay Hello, Ambridge3962. Uh, first up, it's a second-time caller in a row. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Laurie, a uh, second-time caller in a row, doing something which I never thought I would spend any of my finite time on this planet doing, <laughs> which is calling to defend two characters in The Archers. First, Jenny Darling. Now, I agree with Lucy that I found it very unpalatable when Jennifer was laughing at the size of a new house. But I yeah. do think that the strength that the woman has shown to mm-hmm. uh, accept this change in lifestyle, uh, I do think that, God bless her, if she doesn't have the right to have a bit of a whinge to her husband, whose idiocy is the one that caused this mess in the first place, then you know she, she would have to be a saint not to. And then the other person that I just want to speak up for is for Josh, because yes, he is a bit of a smug arsehole, but he's <laughs> been brought up by unbelievable smug arseholes, and at least he <laughs> directs his arseholiness to people who kind of deserve it. He winds the ushers up, and for that, I salute him. And 
yes, it was unfortunate that Lily was Lily was caught in the crossfire of his uh, harassment of uh, Russ. But everyone else is pussyfooting around Lily, and the yeah, last thing that she wants is for people to um, treat her as if she's being naive, which of course she is. Mm. So mm. to poke fun at her, um, actually in the long run, she probably will thank him for when the uh, wool falls from her eyes. Bye. Mm. Bye. Mm. Bye, Laurie. He speaketh sense, this Laurie, I think. Mm. Yes, mm. wise words indeed. Um, I did. I did feel sorry for Jenny Darling when she couldn't. Um, she had a little fit of weeping in the kitchen because she put her food mixer out on the top and it took up half the worktop, <laughs> and then she couldn't put anything anywhere else. And um, and then when when isn't it quite cruel that they've picked the actor to play Rory who can't say his R's? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could have called him Gregory, which would have been worse slightly, but you know, anyway. Um, with Rory going, what is it, Jenny? Oh, don't cry. What is it? I can put it all back again. And then there's lots of pop clanging in the background. Mm. Um, yes, I did feel I did feel sympathy with her then. But partly because Brian has been, well, like I said last week, he doesn't do anything concrete to help. Like, let me let me help you. What do you want me to do? Let me pack that box for you. Let me da 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 da. All he does is piss around taking over Adam's eco office, whatever it is, which is like an upturned beehive, and um, and and book expensive lunches. That's it. Nothing practical at all. Mm. But you know what, though, I think our Brian. Uh, you know, I know we're not really supposed to talk about this week, uh, but I will just in this one regard, uh, just to say that Brian does know his own deficiencies. But he does acknowledge them because he does put on a little bit of a spread for our for our Jenny, doesn't he? To, you know, which kind of acknowledges the fact that what she's had to go through, and actually the fact that there's a bit of a chocolate spoon when it comes to practicalities, and the fact that he's uh, ballsed everything up, and that's the reason why they're in re- uh, reduced circumstances. So it's not as if he's not uh, unknowing about his own deficiencies, and he yeah. does recognise, and he does. Uh, it does recognise uh, what a wonderful wife he actually has. It's not a deficiency, it's laziness. He doesn't want to help her pack boxes. <laughs> he wants to fart around. Who packed with his... your boxes? The packers. Yeah. Which is exactly what Jenny and Brian would have done <laughs> in real life. There, If I can have packers, Jenny <laughs> Darling can certainly have packers. No, exactly. Especially if you can afford to have a big, well... She's 70 years old, for crying out loud. It's just nuts. But again, what I would say about that scene was we needed an exploration of her and Rory and their relationship. And And there was genuine affection there, wasn't there? He was was worried about her, you know, being unhappy and everything. Though, I must admit, I thought it a little bit odd that he calls her Jennifer, wouldn't he just call her mum, considering he doesn't know his mother? Yeah. Yes, I know. I thought that. But it's like Debbie, some, when she's cross with Brian, he's Brian. And when she's um, pleased with him, he's dad. Yeah. But that makes much more sense because mm. Jen, uh, she can remember a time when there wasn't a Brian. Or no, she, actually, even that's not true because 
Brian and Jenny, he, Brian, the character of Brian came into this in the early 70s. And Debbie's approximately my age because Adam is a little, a year or two older than me. Yeah. So Debbie wouldn't have known her biological father or wouldn't, consciously wouldn't have known anyway. No. Hmm. But I've always thought that, that was actually really clever and very natural the way that she flits between the two. Yeah. But there is, I, you know, Rory surely would just be calling her mum. But maybe the circumstances surrounding that, it would be too much for Jenny to be called mum. Mm. She wouldn't want, maybe she wouldn't want to be called mum because, because of the fact that it was an affair. But that seemed, whilst, if it hadn't been for the fact that actually what Jenny said to Peggy when they're reminiscing, mm. I would have actually gone along with that. I, I I must admit, the first time that Maisha called me dad, it was really jarring. And it was jarring for about six months. Uh, but I was six when I came into her life. And you were first... six. Sorry, she was six. She was six. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she was six. And and she was a, it was I was definitely with her for two years. And I was always, always Royfield, Royfield, Royfield. And one day she came home and said, Dad, I was like, Hmm? you know and and that yeah. took a lot of getting used to yeah you know it took it took me months and stuff so you could well be right about the whole kind of Je- jennifer thing but considering but she, she's had him when, from she, when was, she was yeah gone yeah but, but when she was talking to piggy mm. about it she didn't say i love him she said i wouldn't have had it any other way she said something like i'm very i'm so fond of him or i'm I don't know, but there was there was a, there's a slight reserve there, very slight. But there is a slight uh, edge. But if that you there isn't wouldn't with her have it children. any other way, isn't she saying that she loves him? But she didn't but anyway, say she loves him. Yeah, but isn't that saying that, considering how terrible it must have been for her? Mm. You know, because this is not an affair which you could brush underneath the carpet. No, because the evidence of it is there you know but mm. she has a but you you could well be right you could well be right because i'm always the glass is half full and i'm always you know look, look on the and bright I'm always side bitter of and nasty. yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> anyway uh let's go and see what our rachel has to say about things hello dumpty dum this is rachel ease thomas here great big show hello. off on the twitters i was phoning say where was the second part of the canterbury tales gone i've been looking for it for about the past week just before I phoned, it appeared on my podcast feed. So that's moan uh-huh. one sorted. Thank you. <laughs> moan two, which will probably start again after listening to the Canterbury Tales, is why does Ruth keep referring to it as David's Barn? I know Linda wrote the script, but surely it would have been modified to be David and Ruth's Barn or David yeah. and my Barn. I know she's playing Chaucer, but yeah, I dislike the fact they're not referring to her at all in the ownership of the barn, which is an important thing. Uh on the mince pie issue, the educational storyline to stop your dogs eating mince pies really didn't work. Um, I'm a vet. I was working Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, myself and my colleagues saw four dogs who'd eaten mince pies, <gasps> nine dogs who'd eaten chocolate, and a dog who'd eaten a grape, as well as speaking to a bunch of other people whose dogs had eaten stupid things. So, motto of the story, don't let your dogs eat stupid things. 
uh, <laughs> I'm about to go off to Italy for three months to study Ooh, Italian lovely. and ski, and the Arches is going to be one of my main contacts with the UK, along with Dumpty Dum. So keep it up, guys. And if you want to see what I'm up to, I'm on Vet Voyages on Twitter and on Medium, and I'll be blogging about what I'm doing. So love to you all. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Hey, hey. I am very jealous. Me too. Uh, now, Arloose, have you? Mm. Been, what did you reckon? Because I'll just fess up. I didn't listen to. I was going to say to any of it at all, but I did by accident catch about a minute and a half of the Canterbury Tales. Uh, Actually, so, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I, I don't know. So you think? Let's keep the panto going as a as an archer's thing. Or Whoa, you do- I never <laughs> said that. <laughs> Easy. All right. Tell us why it was good. Um, I think they just presented it in a very entertaining way. And uh, it can be really worthy, that stuff, and mm. really kind of uh, scholarly um, because it's just a big show off. Okay, I could understand. I know I understand this language, and I understand. Oh, you don't understand the nuances, and I could just imagine that's how um, Linda. Linda would have. Mm. Linda in real life would have done it. She'd have had them all pronouncing everything in peculiar ways and everything to make it completely incomprehensible to everybody else. But actually, it was very good. That was just really bawdy and and uh, funny and sort of slapsticky, and yeah, it was good. Very good. Mm. But yes, I noticed I did... that as well. David's barn. I don't know. I can't comment because I didn't. All I heard on the whole Canterbury Tales thingy, and I must admit, I did switch it off. And I think I actually heard it in real time because that's the only reason why I could switch it off, uh, was the bit about the buttocks and the couple that were having it away. And then there was some bloke that really fancied her. And there was that bit. I heard that bit. And I thought, you know what? This is not, not for the likes of me. Let me switch it over onto Five Live and let's hear some footy. So, uh, so that's what I did. But you, but you reckon it was good, though? I, th- I thought so. Yeah, and I think a lot, a lot of other people seem to um, quite like it. Hmm. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've heard nothing but positive things about it. But I'll never know with my own ears because not for me. Right now, uh, tell you who's somebody who I do actually kind of quite like, Samir, and she, and she's from Newcastle. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This Hello. is Mia in Newcastle wishing you all a very happy new year. I just wanted to call to make a comment about the Canterbury Tales. I'm not concerned uh, about the setup of Linda Snell doing it and the characters who are in the Archers, whether they would have really done the show, had time to learn the lines, and, of course, who was left to be in the audience. I, I just didn't care about the way some of the Chaucer characters were played um, by the, the sort of farm characters from the Archers. What I, I, I just wasn't worried about that. I just loved the fact that the actors themselves were able to really uh, shine through this yeah. um, production, um, uh-huh. particularly someone like um, Ed Grundy, the guy who yeah. plays Ed, in the Knight's Tale, thought it was fantastic. Now, Ed himself wouldn't have been able to do that, clearly, but really loved it. Um, it just, the whole piece allowed uh, the the actors to really shine with their, their, their vocal abilities, and uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also love um, Emerald O'Hanrahan, who plays Emma. Uh, I mean, she yeah. was really able to stretch herself in the Knight's Tale, 
which I thought was the best narrated, uh, the one best tale narrated by um, Annabelle Dow, who plays Kirsty. Yeah. In fact, all the tales were really well done, and I was very engaged. And I, I also loved the way it was broadcast, like a real radio play, and that the narration only took us back to David's barn towards the end of their particular tale. I thought it was excellent. So well done to all the actors involved, the dramatist, director and producer. And thank you very much. And uh, a happy new year to everybody. Bye. Bye. And to you. Mm, she seems to agree with you that it was awesome too. And, and it was, um, mm. Annabelle Dowler, who plays Kirsty, is just such mm. a good actress. And she is on so... I was listening to her um, over Christmas. I'd, I'd, um, I have a... Uh, dab radio and I can record things onto the radio so I sort of got my as I was doing my cooking and stuff I had all my things lined up to listen to and there were lots and lots of dramas and lots of sort of vintage dramas and I was thinking oh there's Kirsty oh there she is again oh and she's in this one <laughs> she was just in everything <laughs> she's yeah she's just an incredibly good actress I did put out um a little compendium show um round about New Year's Eve with bits and pieces yeah. of the interviews, which I did last year. And the one thing which I, I took away from talking to her and then listening to her other work um, outside of the Archers is she's uh, very obviously, she's a very good a- actor. She's a very good voice actor, but also um, she has a great range of voices as well. And mm. I can imagine that she's been on many a thing and we've not even realized it was actually her. You know, you, you, yeah. you, you, unless you've necessarily got your, you know, your Annabelle Dowler ear on, you, you're going to miss it. Well, because... it's like uh, Rachel Atkins, who plays Vicky Tucker. Mm-hmm. She's in so much stuff. And sometimes, I mean, I'm I'm sort of mates with her. And sometimes it won't be until the credits go. And then I, and it says Rachel Atkins. And I think, blimey. And I have to listen again to see if I, and it, she's so she's just they're just like chameleons. It's incredible. Mm. Um, so one actor, one character who I've never really bought the fact that they're always in the Christmas play is is Eddie. Thinking mm. of some Eddie uh, Grundy or Ed Grundy, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. You know, but he loves yeah. performing. You can't no, keep no. him off the stage. Well, he's a he's a bit of a showman in that regard. Yeah. But the fact that he he always nails it every year, and he isn't somebody <laughs> yeah. who is supposed to be well read or anything like that. Mm. You know, he's supposed to be this lowly, you know, yeah. farmhand, so to speak. That you wouldn't have thought that somebody like him would actually nail it every year. And yeah, be thinking well, he wasn't in blind spirit or anything, was he? But he's perennially in it though isn't it and does yeah. a good turn and it's yeah. kind of just made me think about the actor who we we never really talk about the actor behind eddie uh trevor trevor harrison and the fact that he obviously enjoys this and must be i'm, I'm presuming now um somebody who does a whole load of rep and stuff and whenever i listen to bbc plays and stuff I don't often seem to hear him, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I've heard him in a few things, but I know that he used, because when they used to do the um, the road shows, when the archers would go to country fairs and stuff, mm-hmm. 
um, the Archers cast, it was always Trevor Harrison that would go. And he does genuinely love singing and and talking to the crowd. And, you know, he is he is a he is a showman. And he said, actually, in, in the episode, didn't he? We said, are you nervous, Eddie? And he said, no, I'm a natural performer. I don't, mm. you know, and I think that's I think that was true. I think that was him, him, yeah, the character yeah. and him, the actor talking. All right. Uh, let's have um, another one. It's our uh, Paul. Hello, uh, it's Paul Room here again. I just wanted to say, and I honestly do have more than one topic of conversation, but uh, Mike <laughs> Hatton's Right You Are Hello YouTube quiz was absolutely hilarious and should have come with a health warning at the start of it because uh, when it was playing, <laughs> I had a coughing, laughing, choking fit. It was so funny. I think it was the synthesized voice, the music over the top, and just the whole thing. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, what I'm phoning is... Uh, just a confession really that I don't actually listen to Radio 4 just uh, listen to the downloads of um, of the Archers because my favourite radio station is Talk Sport because they just nat on about uh. football the whole time <laughs> and uh, over the New Year period I called um, one of the uh, really funny journalists uh, Max Rushton uh, uh, puts together a segment called the Sturmy Archers on a Sunday, which is a takeoff of the archers. You may gather um, an everyday uh, story of cycling folk, um, but it's just has various sports stars and football journalists in it. it has the archers theme tune, and it's just a very strange little drama. Uh, even have uh, Sir Bradley Wiggins in it. Um, <laughs> And seen his, he's been in the archers as well. But anyway, why I phoned him because I li- was listening to the Sturmy Archers on Talk Sports and couldn't believe it when there was a right you are even in this takeoff <laughs> of it. Um, almost killed over. So yeah, must be, uh, sort of some sort of epidemic, but yeah, keep it up. Bye. Bye. See, I quite, fa- I quite fancied Paul Room. I quite fancied Paul Room until I found out that he listened to talk sport and now I've gone right <laughs> off him. <sighs> I must admit, talk sport is a little bit too beneath stairs even for me. You know, and is I it? and I yeah, I, I can't do that. And to be honest with you, when I said I listened to Radio Five Live, I don't really too much e- either, you know. But um <laughs> yes, uh so movies with Beyond. But though Paul's a big fat fibber because he said he doesn't only have one topic of conversation then proceeded just to talk about the thing he only ever talks about which is right you are he must be yes. fun at dinner parties poor room mustn't he <laughs> poor mrs room oh, i've met her she's oh she's lovely but oh long-suffering woman paul you are a bore uh you know he is i love him dearly brother from another mother and all of that you know the failed the failed vet that had to become a doctor and all of that. But like, yeah. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, now this this is my new mucker for, for 2019. It's our Claire from Clapham. Hey, Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. Uh, firstly, I wanted to say that when I saw Lucy's tweet about getting emotional on last week's episode, I thought maybe she'd been overcome with uh, distress at the idea of. Uh, Jenny finally leaving home farm, which, you know, is kind of emotional <laughs> thing. But actually, you're emotional about Dumpty Dum, which makes a lot more sense because, well, it's just brilliant <laughs> and uh, we're all lovely and we love you and it's great to have lots of new colorinamers recently. So welcome to the fold. Um, I'm ringing in with two plot predictions. The first is that 
Joe recently said that he was thinking much more about Nick recently. Mm. And my instinct is that this is him reaching the end of his mortal coil. He's nearing the edge of whatever it is. Don't step into the light. Uh, and he's thinking of Nick, and he will soon be <laughs> joined with Nick in the afterlife of whatever oh. description. And possibly Buried in the dying peacefully on his personal toilet on the night <laughs> that Tari and Eddie have dinner at Grey Gables. <laughs> Secondly, uh, after much expectation, Helen and Leah finally got it together, which I was, that we've all predicted. Um, but my prediction on this is that uh, Peggy will die... And everyone will wish mm-hmm. that she had moved into some sort of assisted flat at the Laurels with uh, Chris, when only if only she'd done it when Chris had asked. But anyway, the upshot of that is that Helen will inherit the lodge and she and Lee will move in, or Lee, in the meantime, will have some freak karate accident, <laughs> rendering him severely limited in mobility or something. Uh, and then the obvious mm-hmm. choice will be to move in with Helen at the lodge because they've already got all of the grab rails and, and rails their lifts or whatever it is that they've put in uh, and therefore all of those adaptations will have been worth it so that's my second prediction anyway keep up the good work speak to you soon bye i don't know if she's serious or not <laughs> a freak karate accident that renders you requiring handrails <laughs> i love the idea of joe dying like elvis on the lav yeah a lot of people go that way don't they they do. Mm, Heart failure. Mm, yes. Uh, and it would be somewhat of a neat way of uh, putting Lee with our Helen. You know. Yes, it would. There, it'd, be, it'd be very <laughs> clever. Very clever. Uh, right. Now, um, I would, normally I would shunt her on about that, but we've got our Philippa who wants to uh, get in on the action as well, our loose. Hello, you fabulous people. This is Philippa, a first-time caller in a um, I believe, looking at the list, I'm a Josh Archer. So that would mean I'd be calling Russ Mr. Jones over the Brussels sprouts on Christmas <laughs> Day. What fun. Um, I've got a request and a plot prediction. Right. Firstly, Ooh. I would like to ask, please, that a team of counsellors arrive at Ambridge. Um, both psychologists, I think, for Helen, Henry, mm. Elizabeth... Gosh, the list goes on. Um, and also a team of business counsellors, uh, Brookfield, Bridge Farm, Grange Farm, the lot yeah. of them. I think c- yeah. you could uh, make quite a bit of money as a counsellor there. Anyway, my uh, quick plot prediction is I'm wondering if Rob's parents have bought Home Farm. I'm sorry if anyone else has come up with that as well. Um, but that's just what I was wondering. And longer term, I was thinking that perhaps Lily will uh, come back, do more and more at Lower Loxley taking it over and then after freddie comes out of prison elizabeth will die sorry elizabeth and lower loxley will of course pass on to freddie ignoring all lily's hard work Uh, perhaps her Mm -hmm. brother sister feud for life anyway enough of my ramblings keep being brilliant take care bye bye Uh, people have suggested that ursula and bruce may have bought uh home farm but they certainly wouldn't have had that party no um unless They'd rented out the house on Airbnb, possibly. Then that sort of makes more sense. Um, but I don't think they've got that much money, uh, Ursula and Bruce. Me either. And why would they come back to Ambridge? That would to make... be near Giddy Jack. Oh, God, yeah. I need to think before I open my mouth, Lucy. 
<laughs> Roy, if you've been doing this for 50 years, don't, you don't need to change now. Um, and I completely agree with you, Philippa, about the lower Loxley thing. Uh, I'm not sure about um, Elizabeth dying, retiring, maybe. But yes, it, I, I think the, the, the progenitor thing of, of, of um, it automatically going to... Um, uh, Freddie mm-hmm. uh, is going to cause some stink and quite bloody rightly because he couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery or a, a drug bust in a young offenders unit um, <laughs> but uh, you know and, and Lily is going to be doing all the hard work and everything and then it's just no no you've got a penis so you have it you know it's just absolutely what, the same know, so whilst, whilst I agree with you that's a wrong analogy because Freddie's a DJ so he could organise a piss up in a brewery because it can, it can get a party mm. started. And he's a drug That's dealer. True. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Freddie actually could organise that. He could go down really quite well. However, I fundamentally agree with your wider point, though, Freeman, <laughs> <laughs> that he's a useless burke, you know. Uh, but no, I think that'd be a great setup for the future of, of Lower Loxley, that you have these feuding um, siblings and and the fact that yeah. one of them actually does know what she's doing and understands the business and the other one just inherits Inherits yeah. God, I couldn't put my teeth in. Inherits would, it. There you go. Thank you, Freeman. <laughs> right, that would be, that'd be uh, rather delicious. Go on. This next one mm. is Martin Greaves, who right. many of you will have met. Uh, at various um, events and things, mm. and he is um, a knob twiddler. He, he's a knob. <laughs> he does. He twiddles his knob to great effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you would not believe how difficult it was for him to record this, and you will see why. He said he was nearly. He was texting me as he was doing it. He said he was nearly in tears at one stage, <laughs> tears <laughs> of frustration. So if Royfield plays it now, you will understand why he was getting so annoyed. It's Derek here a.k.a. Greavesy E17, a.k.a. Martin. There I was listening to last week's show and the bit with Mike Hatton's brilliant Hello You Too and Right You Are quiz when this happened. I don't know anyone that says it apart from in Ambridge. Right, okay. Hey Siri. I'm listening. Right, okay. Hey Siri. Yes. Right, okay. Hey, Siri. (laughs) Go ahead. Right, okay. Hey, Siri. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) Right, okay. I got very confused. Obviously, my first thought was, has Royfield fucked up the editing again? Then eventually I worked out what was going on. The show was playing from my phone to a Bluetooth speaker nearby. And when Robart said, hey, Siri, the Siri on my phone picked up. This paused the podcast, so nothing happened. And Siri gave up. The next thing that happened was my app skipped back 10 seconds. And so Robart said, hey, Siri, again. And my phone responded, Again, and waited again. <laughs> this happened a lot of times. I got very confused. <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't take much. Eventually, I worked it all out. Did this happen to anybody else? Well, you're a cheeky <laughs> bleeder, Mr. Greaves. Royfuls mess up the editing again. Though, 
that didn't happen to me because um, my at, at my mum and dad's house, which I was where I was at over Christmas, they have Alexa. But yeah. when I heard this uh, recording from our Derek, uh, my Siri then started to transcribe everything that he said. <laughs> it did switch on my Siri, and then it was transcribing it really quite accurately. So it set my phone off as well because I was playing it through my computer. So, yes, there needs to be some kind of warning whenever we get clever and say things like Siri or Alexa. <laughs> I just oh. loved Martin was so baffled. It took him ages to figure out what the hell was going on. He was trapped in some sort of temporal loop where he couldn't listen any further. Mm. <laughs> Being unable to get any further into the podcast because of Siri. <laughs> Poor Martin. Yeah. And he's technical as well. Imagine mm. if that had happened to me. I'd have just burst into tears. <laughs> um, right. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm rushing things along and I don't like to do that, but... Um, we do like to try and keep this round about the one hour mark, don't we? Yeah. Mm, right. So let's come back the other side with a little touch of our Millie Bell. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Good day, everyone. Um, we started our week by talking about uh, Lily and Russ. So Lily was going to go and work and study and Russ will keep the place nice. And we wondered whether that was a really equal contribution. Katie Turner said, uh, Lily is showing the personality of someone who has been a grown-up far too early in their development. Now she has been taken out of her safe space, small village where she was a bright star, and has to make friends and a life independent of her family connections and her confidence has been knocked. I think this is why she's clinging to Russ more and more, even as her decision appears unwise. Russ, if he is as awful as we suspect he is, could take advantage of this, but I'm hoping his behaviour is more a sign of being a hopeless man-child rather than a master manipulator. I think you're being very positive there, Katie. I think he's a master manipulator, but that's only my opinion. Uh, Karen Valerie Hodgson said... The scriptwriters have changed her character yet again. The real Lily has more backbone, more self-worth and would have done what she knows is best by now. That is, ditch the parasite boyfriend and her unicorns and stay at Lower Loxley where 
as Elizabeth prophetically said recently, she can pretty much run the place single-handed. Come on, scriptwriters, you can do better than that. Um, And I don't know, I'm playing Pollyanna here, but I do wonder whether when you're in love, you are the same person you are when you are not in love, certainly in the early days, and whether she just uh, adores him and uh, that's... You know, that's how she sits at the moment. And Soyan Jordan said, just listening to it again, um, live this time in Toronto, and Russ sounds even worse the second time round. I just can't see what's keeping you here. Well, then, you don't really know Lily, do you? Despite trying to convince her how much you love her, you sad excuse of a man. And there was a lot more in that vein. He's not universally loved by um, our listener anyways. Uh, I got put onto a link for a new podcast, which is called Dogs in the City, and it features one of the episodes features our very own Alison Dowling, who plays Lizzie. Uh, so there's a link on the Facebook page. If you, I haven't heard it yet, but I have downloaded it, ready to go. So, yep, looking forward to that. Uh, we talked about tattoos. They are so true, 2018. Um, and we wondered whether Hannah could be jealous. Christine Coulson said, I think she's quickly moving away from jealousy. For all she started to fall for him, she's very much a strong-minded lady. Her seriously, are you moving so fast with someone you will get tattoos approach, I think is believable. And more of a lack of respect for who she thought he was as a person. I don't like her, but annoyingly, I think I empathise with her a bit too much. Uh, Catherine Chevalier said, now they've got matching tattoos, it's definitely doomed. Uh, Janice Betson said, much as I don't like Hannah, I detest Natasha. And I share Hannah's opinion on the tattoos. I guess my thing was just, I don't think it's any of your business anymore, Hannah. And you need to not have an opinion because it's got nothing to do with you. Uh, But, and I guess that would depend on how um, close friends they were. But they haven't been friends for very long, have they? Um, And Jane Minefield-Brush said, how does he know if his tat says what she says? It could say twat in Welsh. Oh, dear. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, We also... Uh, talked about uh, what happened with uh, when, when Lily changed her mind about going on. We said Russ is not going to be happy about this. Uh, Janice Betson said, Lily is obviously itching to take over Lower Loxley and make it uh, one of the most successful stately home type businesses in the country. She could probably do a degree part time. Oh, hmm, nice thinking, Janice. Uh, somewhere more local and run Lower Loxley at the same time. Russ can have a shepherd's hut in the grounds and live and paint in it. Cheaper than keeping him in a flat in Manchester. There was lots more in that vein. Uh, we we had a, a, a good fun with that one. We and also. Uh, the, Royfield Brown very kindly put up for us uh, the Right You Are and Hello You Too quiz. That was done by Mike. And Mike, we love you, we love you, we love you, we do. Um, and it was so much fun. I played it about three times because I didn't get them all the first time. And, uh, yeah, I had a bit of fun. I played it with my mother-in-law, who's 82 and was slower at listening to them. But she knows the archers better than me. So, yep, we had a bit of fun with that. And uh, that's all from us for now. Um, I'm off to uh, Greece first thing in the morning and I'm going to leave you in the very capable of hands of uh, Yoko Bear this week. And I would like to confirm what my fabulous team, um, I've, I just feel like I'm in this gorgeous family kind of team with uh, Yoko Bear and with Witherspoon and we can just work together and decide who can do what when and everyone's so accommodating and we love our interactions with you. We comment on, together on this often. We think you're fantastic too so i hope you all have a wonderful 2019 so from the uh, social media team uh, to you i say 
Huru. Thank you for that, R. Millie. Uh, Thank Luce, you. Uh, can you hit yes. us with some tweets, madam? I can. Uh, pie and a pint. Blimey, if Jenny's going to stop in every room where Brian confessed to adultery, <laughs> this is going to be a very long morning. <laughs> Morrissey girl, my favourite old Tom was the one we didn't hear from in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) TJ said very accurately, Adam always sounds like he's lying down drinking a pina colada. (laughs) I like the specificness of that Mm. one. Um, Nazilla said, Peggy was the special guest for Canterbury Tales. Special advisory role, as she was the only one to have actually been there as Chaucer was writing them. (laughs) And Tony Harvey 8 said, Ooh, Lee, better find out what happened to Helen's ex. If she won't say, ask if it's okay for you to take a stab at it. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. I should have said this, Luce, um, earlier on in the show. But um, it's news about the BBC Archers tour, which is on February the 16th at 3pm in in Brum. Now, if you go on to dumdydum.com, folks, uh, you can go and register for the tour. There's only 15 places and we have had a few takers already. Um, what I'm going to do, so go to dumdydum.com and it's on the homepage there. If you, if you can go now, there are only 15 places and it is a pilot and they're running this specifically for dumdydummers because I want to test out their, the, the tour. Um, what I'm going to do though, is I'm going to submit them, uh, 20 names because invariably some people will drop out. So you, you'll be like first reserve. But literally, I think, you know, doing quick maths on the, on the top of my head, I think we've had about 10 tickets taken already. So only, and it is free now, so only um, say that you can go, want to go, if you know you're absolutely going to turn up, because I know there's going to be many people um, you know, if we had 40 paying people to go to it last time, the fact that this is now free, uh, please only go onto the site and subscribe if you absolutely can show up. But I'm going to give them 20 names and it's between you and the Beeb. They'll contact you and get you in and do all of that stuff. Uh, now, Lucy, um, I think we should thank people have been writing us reviews recently because uh, it's something which we used to do back in the day. And um, for people that don't know, if you write us a review on iTunes, it's awesome because it means that we helps us to get top of those uh, iTunes, uh, Apple podcast charts, and it's a way of us to get uh, more and new listeners. So Arlus, if you'd like to thank the following. Oh, my goodness, there's a lot of them. Uh, the reviews are from Chief Redwine, Blue Machiavelli, P. Johns, Potter Abroad 73, Munster Sale Girl, Text Pistol 89, I'm Not Listening, Red Agnes, Bingley Baggy, Cobert, Pub Fan, and Take That, Take Me. Yeah, so thank you for your reviews. And whenever we do thank people for reviews, I, I do say this, but it needs to be uh, repeated that you don't need to have an Apple vo- Apple device to write an Apple uh, Apple iTunes review. You can just go onto the website and uh, ju- just go go sign up. Um, if you use another podcatching service, uh, go and write us a review on that. 
and then maybe send us an email in and tell us because I don't look at any others other than iTunes because that is the most kind of the most important. But maybe if you use Google Play or whatever it is and you've written a review, uh, then just uh, send me an email and then in a future show, we will thank you. Um, another way of supporting us is Patreon. And we have had a lot of new uh, Patreons in the last uh, three, four months. Uh, now, I've, uh, sorry, in the last year, but what I have done is just taken a list from the last uh, three or four months. And our Lucy is going to thank you now. Okay, Jenny Newman, Emily Crow, Gretchen Anthony, Helen Sharp, Joe Crouchman, Joanne Hudson, Julie Harvey, pa- uh, Paul Schleuser, Rona Humphrey, Sarah Houghton, and John, Elizabeth Jones, Liz Smythe, Alex Calder, Ian Streeter, Morris Snell, Nicola Headlam, Sue Lee, Susie Sullivan, Kat Sandford, Pak Chow, Caroline McKendrick, Kirsten Foster, Tindara Sedoti McNary, Joshua, Laura Cook, Neil Gagan, and Valerie Bayliss. Mm. Uh, so thank you new patreon supporters and of course uh patreon is a way which you can give us two dollars per show to get the extra content uh when uh when, when we do it and yes we're still trying to sort out the charles collingwood interview and uh it will be <laughs> epic uh when it actually gets delivered <laughs> into your podcasts folks um now we would also like to thank the following for their exemplary support, i.e. you supported us from the very beginning of Patreon. And I'll just quickly read these out. So Barbara Wiseman, Morgan Johnson, Scott Matthewman, Andy Bent, Jan Mitchell, Jean Rose and Jennifer Reba. Now, um, could you please email me your postal addresses? And it's just royfield at gmail.com because I'm going to send you a little something in the post just to thank you for your support for the last, I think, three years we've been in Patreon. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe or on the website, or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave us a message. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, you can find us uh, where we are at Dum Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found quite simply at Royfield, which is R O I F I E L D. And of course, then there is our Robert, who is at Naked Fingers, and then our Kerry, who will be uh, joining us very soon, who's at Kerry Warbis on the Twitters. Uh, on Facebook, um, there is Dum De Dum, has a very kind of special place there. And you can simply go onto Facebook and just type in Dum De Dum and then join us there. And as a way of thanking all those people on Facebook, here is our Millie Bell, who is reading out some of the wonderful reviews that you've left for us on that self-same social media platform. Good day, everyone. This is not our usual roundup. Um, I I just thought I'd take a moment to read out some of the reviews we've been getting on our Facebook page. Uh, People recommending Dumpty Dum, which is just awesome. Uh, Maisie Jett recommends it for Lucy's Wit and Wisdom and The Week at Ambridge. Rob Williams says, I particularly like the recap for the previous week. Pant-wettingly funny. Uh, Mark Quince says, Lucy's weekly roundup is so funny. And Sue Scott says, brings brings me joy. Sweaty. I think that's supposed to be sweary. (laughs) Or maybe it is sweaty. (laughs) Irreverent and ever so funny. Mia Fox says, good crack and a great community. Catherine Shark says, I wish I'd discovered this podcast earlier, but I'm having a lot of fun catching up on all the old episodes. 
I listen at work and it's a jolly good thing that I work on my own as it means that no one else can see me snorting with laughter. Very funny and very clever. Denise Smallwood says, I recommend this podcast. Not only is it fun, I've learned so much about the archers as a relative newcomer in the US. I started listening to the archers during the end of Helen's trial. Dumpty Dum explained so much and brought me up to speed. I'm still learning characters and really enjoy the host's insights and opinions. Thank you, Denise. Uh, I, I must have been, I, I usually think that everyone's been listening for a long time, but of course we do have newcomers and that is a wonderful way to use the podcast. Angela Nagel said, loved this pod from the first listen. Lucy and Royfield are so funny together. And as it's aged, it's been embellished with many other voices and stories from listeners. Royfield, there you are. You've got a name check. Uh, Gil or Jill Jennison says, I love listening to the podcast. It really enhances my enjoyment of The Archers by exploring and discussing so many aspects of the show. And Helen Davis says, if you enjoy The Archers and have a sense of humour, give this wonderful podcast a go. It adds a whole new level to your weekly listening. Uh, Jan Mitchell says, I love the humour and honesty. And it's nice to know I'm part of a caring community. Thank you, Jan. That's truly not just virtual. Royfield, Lucy and Robert and occasional guest presenters all add their own unique voices to the mix. Uh, Bernadette McGuire says, I've been listening right from the beginning of this great podcast. It's interesting, clever, therapeutic, informative and not just about the archers. I think that might be a reference to Map Corner. And fun. And you meet some lovely people, even if you don't actually meet them. Highly recommended. And finally from Martin. Oh, no, sorry, I have got two. I do beg your pardon. Martin McEverly says, light-hearted, well-observed, funny and sometimes downright rude. Great job, guys. Thanks. And to finish us off, Sean Coleman says, I have recommended a post podcast i love it so much thank you so much everyone i will do an occasional uh review uh sort of repeat of people who've reviewed us but we really really appreciate you taking the effort uh we know it's a you know that it's easy to ignore that and you've done that and we get five out of five from all of our reviewers so that's really lovely too so um hope you're having a great week everybody and i hope this puts more um, pepper in your pipes, both Lucy and Royfield, and that you will continue being awesome. Uh, I won't be speaking to you again until after Christmas. So from me to you, Merry Christmas, have a safe one, and hooroo. Right then, Luce, that seems to be just about a wrap. Um, anything you'd like to say before I run off round to Joan Michaels to have a bit of scran? No, I was trying to find my headline of the day and I've lost it. I think it... Oh, no, there it is. Naked woman hits burglar mm. in face with flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop reading terrible newspapers, I really do. But they're the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my dad. Oh my god! <laughs> no, funny what part the... of this story has just reminded you of your dad? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, it's just one of these kind of bus driver stories, which I always remember from when I was a little kid. My dad used to drive the one hundred and four. I oh, know it's one hundred and two. The one hundred and two bus, which used to go from Birmingham City Centre and used to go to Sutton, then loop round to Erdington. And he always used to remark on the lady at the terminus if you drove the first bus 
so it's, you know, and he got to the terminus at like six o'clock or half five in the morning. It always used to be Mark on the lady at num- number 37, who used to keep her, keep her lights on, have her curtains open and just get changed in the nude. Right. right. And yeah. And it was something which uh, was something which was always remarked upon on the bu- by the bus drivers <laughs> sure. of the number 102 bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they always used to say, you, you just go upstairs, sit sit on sit on the back of the bus, read your newspaper and just glance over <laughs> at the woman number 37 who absolutely knew what, 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 you know, what she was Blimey. doing and whatever. And she's obviously a bit of an exhibitionist. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Crikey. So if you were that woman on the uh, number 37, <laughs> please do and let us know. <laughs> what was going through your mind, Mrs. for all those years? <laughs> but anyway, um, I think that's me. I'm just about done, Arloose. Uh, okay. we've, gone, we've gone through all the things that we needed. We've thanked people. Please email me. We have me, done those um, things we ought to have done are... and we have left undone those things. Yes, Mm-hmm. And and don't forget uh, the whole BBC tour thing because it's just for us, us, us Dundee Dummers, and it's very nice of the Beeb to uh, to offer our listeners that. So that's me signing out, and just to say, um, let's have a wonderful 2019 as Dumdy Dummers all together. Yay! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.